broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. You're listening to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio is also proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Welcome to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I am your host, Sarah Jane. I live, work, and I love beer here in D.C. During my time in culinary school, I gained an appreciation for good beer. I continued my studies in beer in grad school at NYU. Since then, I've been a beer director, beer consultant, beer bar general manager. I currently teach, write, and I get to continue to explore the beer world with all of you wonderful listeners. Each week, I will have a different guest from different facets of the beer world, from brewers to importers, bartenders, educators, to help us explore this fascinating and dynamic world. Whether you are new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. Today, we are excited to have Thor Cheston in the studio with us. Thor is one of the founders and co-owners of Right Proper Brewing Company. They opened a brew pub and kitchen in the Shaw neighborhood of D.C. in 2013 and a production house and tasting room in Brooklyn, D.C. in December of 2015. Thor, welcome and thank you for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Yeah. So you brought us a little beer to sip on while sure. we chat. Uh, oh, yeah. What'd you bring? I brought Diamonds Fur Coat Champagne. Um, Personal favorite of mine. Oh, good. Thank you very much. It's a beer we're very proud of. Actually, it's a style of beer that we, I think, is um, something that we're very good at. It's uh, making Berliner Weisses. It's a very old style of beer. Um, it's very sour. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a wheat beer. Very low in alcohol. Extremely, you know, very refreshing. Um, it comes in at 3.8% alcohol. We do a seasonal Berliner Weiss, so mm-hmm. every three months for the season change, we do a different Berliner Weiss. And uh, the base beer is pretty much the same. It's the same house lactobacillus strain that we use to ferment it. Um, but then it's the uh, additions that we put into it. Berliner Weiss is kind of like a, it's almost like a fresh canvas of a beer. You can really play with the, the recipe um, by putting in all kinds of different ingredients. And so this one has orange peel in it. Or not orange peel, I'm sorry. Uh, grapefruit, grapefruit rind, and and, it, and it's um, which is perfect for the season. Yeah, that's right in season right now. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with Berliner Weiss, uh, lactobacillus, I know sounds like a fancy, intimidating name, but it's found in yogurt. So yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, very <laughs> uh, healthy for you. Actually. Yeah, it's the same bacteria, um, kind of creating something nice and tart. So I'm assuming the name Diamonds for Coat and Champagne comes from the fact that. This is the original champagne of beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, we <laughs> we like to call it that ourselves. Uh, we even played around with the idea of uh, you know kind of messing with with uh, um, Miller Genuine Draft and, and that that labeling. But we you know we don't have that kind of lawyer money, so we <laughs> stepped away from that pretty quickly. But yeah, it definitely is the original champagne of beers, and that's the Nathan our Nathan's under our head brewer. Um, how he designed the beer, he really wanted it to mimic. Um, a lot of the kind of flavor, the very, very dry dryness of like brute champagne. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and that's why we gave it the name Diamonds for a Coat Champagne. And it's also one of his, uh, it's this band, a uh, band called Suicide. It's a, uh, one of their songs that he's a big fan of. So he thought it was fitting. 
Nice. Well, definitely crack a Berliner Weiss. Um, anytime you use champagne, just you know, replace it with replace a Berliner Weiss. Replace it with Berliner yeah. Weiss. Excellent You'll idea. save you know, money. You'll save boatloads of money. <laughs> boatloads. Well, cheers. So you all just celebrated two years, I believe, in your Brooklyn facility. Our production brewery. Yeah. yeah. Two years, and then that's four years at our brew pub in Shaw. Wow. So it's been, you know, a, you know, a whirlwind. And looking back at pictures of us like four years ago, you know, it seems like it was a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. But we all had less kids. Uh, I, <laughs> apparently, I've uh, lost, uh, I've gained a lot of weight. <laughs> you know, oh, so no. We all look a lot younger. We all look a lot younger. Well, you know, it's, it's never as glamorous as it sounds, you know? Well, it's, you know, at the... You know, yes, we work in a very, very dynamic industry. You mm-hmm. know, uh, the craft beer industry is—it's a—you know—it's it's it's something I've been absolutely passionate about. It's been a real driving force of, in my life for years. You know, well over a decade. And, but, it is still a business, and uh, it's a lot of your day to day is um, is administrative, is very stressful. Um, Especially since our business is very dynamic, and we have it's, we actually have three businesses now, um, and um, each of them really has a different model, um, different investment structure, different um, uh, different principles, different managers, and it's it's a lot of moving parts. And uh, one of the lessons that I've had to learn is really how to let go. And um, I think when people ask me, you know, what is your primary role now? My primary role is making sure the right person is in the right job mm-hmm. and then making sure they have all the tools um, and resources necessary to do their job to the best of their ability and then letting them do their jobs. So you said three different businesses now. You have the uh, kitchen uh, and brew pub in mm-hmm. Shaw. You have the production facility in Brooklyn. Number the third three. business is actually uh, it's kind of an umbrella business. It, it owns the brand. I gotcha. So um, we have big plans for the right proper brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we decided to set up a what's called a holding company that actually owns the brand. Um, and so that w- it gives us more flexibility on, on, on how to handle that brand, and it's not really tied to a single location or not or tied to a single product. And you all have started uh, distributing now. We have, yeah. We are distributed in in Washington D.C., mm-hmm. Maryland, Virginia, and a little bit in New York. Nice. Mm-hmm. Are you looking to expand that more? <sighs> you know, probably shouldn't breathe into the mic the, that way. Um, <laughs> I. Um, right now, I'm going to say no. Okay. But I, I, I don't know. Right now, what our focus is for for growth in our uh, from our production brewery mm-hmm. is packaging. So we just started uh, canning and bottling. So we're our um, we do kind of. There's two sides to right proper brewing company. There's the brewing and fermentation side that is really focused on clean brewers yeast, mm-hmm. stainless steel fermentation. Um, and that's where uh, our most popular beer, Raised by Wolves, is a 5% alcohol dry hop pale ale. It falls in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan Sender, our head brewer, his real forte is mixed fermentation um, and production of not just Berliner Weisses, you mm-hmm. know, using lactobacillus, but also utilizing wood to harbor a, a blend of yeast strains, you know, including Britannomyces. Um, we utilize fooders, uh, 45 hectoliter oak, French oak fooders, 
uh, to harbor the yeast strains and we produce, you know, we've produced a number of beers that we now put into a category we call food or beer. We've moved those beers from, um, those beers are really, they're meant to age, they're meant to last. Um, they're great fresh, but they can also, if properly handled and properly packaged, they can sit in a wine cellar for 10 years and continue to mature. So instead of canning those beers, we put those beers into 500 milliliter and 1.5 liter bottles that are then conditioned. So we're adding yeast and sugar to those bottles so to, to kickstart another fermentation in those bottles. So uh, for those listeners that would not be that familiar, let's talk a little bit about fooders. Sure. Um, so 45 hectoliters. Essentially 30 in Ameri- barrels. In America, translates to about uh, 1,188 gallons. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so got to translate it. Um, 128 ounces per gallon. Yep. 12 to 16 ounces per beer. So you do the math. Yeah. No, I, I can't. It's too, it's too early. <laughs> That's in why we have iPhones. Um, but so these are basically giant uh, oak vessels. Uh, are you, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're using French... They're French oak. Okay. Yep. Um, so what's really cool is once the beers leave the brew house, they really never touch stainless steel. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's a we utilize it's a it's a house mixed culture of beer. Two two of the strains that are in there are from the family of yeast called Britannomyces. These are very aggressive yeast strains. And what's really cool is that the yeasts are they're very resilient, and so they'll actually go to live in the little nooks and crannies of the individual staves of wood that comprise the fooders. And they become uh, reliant on a regular influx of beer for their own life cycle. And so each one of these vessels, you know, it really, it's its its own little ecosystem, essentially. Mm -hmm. And they each have their own character. And we like to say they each have their own personality. Um, And what's really cool is that these beers can't be reproduced anywhere else in the world. Whereas you take, you know, our recipe and our yeast strain that we use for uh, Raised by Wolves or we do a gorgeous, um, robust porter during the winter called Hexen. We could take those beers to take that recipe to another brewery, um, in the world. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's over what 6,000 now in the United States yeah. and produce a, a, um, a beer that's almost exactly like it, you know, very, 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 very close to it. Whereas the beers that we are producing in our fooders really cannot re- be reproduced anywhere else in the world because they are, the finished product is so reliant on the environment in which, which, uh, the yeast is um, fermenting the sugar. Yeah, it definitely gives it you know a sense of terroir, which is absolutely really yeah. really cool. Yeah. You know, for the beer world to be mm-hmm. talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so about your yeast, though, do you do you all have your own yeast that you've cultivated? Well, we do now. So we do have uh, what we call house um, house strains, um, and that's just um, from using. Um, you know, and you know, Nathan's probably the, the better person to talk about this, but mm-hmm. because we've been hand- handling them for so long and these have been growing and maturing in our environment that they really have changed, mutated genetically, um, that they are distinctly different from when we originally obtained the yeast. Nice. So it's kind of morphed a little bit. Oh, absolutely. It's grown as you have. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yes, yes. It's gained a little weight, has kids now. <laughs> So you were talking a little bit about, you know, if you were to take a certain beer and take it to another brewery, have you all done any collaborations? Uh, we've definitely done collaborations. Uh, we did a really, it's funny, we are not, um, we're not a really hop forward brewery, mm-hmm. um, you know, making a, you know, double, triple, whatever big hoppy beer. It's not really been a focus for us. 
Uh, we most of our beers are relatively low in alcohol. We go for elegance rather than kind of you know the flamboyance that can come from super high alcohol or super hoppy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do uh, we do have a lot of respect for um, uh, for some breweries that do make these beers, and um, we did a really fun collaboration with Stone and nice. Pen Druid, um, and uh, we called it Soused, and uh, <laughs> we. <laughs> It was all, um, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we also involved the band Sun, the drone metal band Sun. And okay. they all, everyone came down. Uh, we all brewed the beer together at our production brewery. And then everyone went out to, and Sun played a show at 930 and everyone went to the show. And so that, that beer was absolutely ridiculously hoppy. Yeah. Uh, we called it a, a, like a Norwegian, Norwegian IPA or something like that. And uh, it was just it had like four pounds of hops in it. It was just complete and that beer sold out so fast and all of our distributors are like can you please give us more of that but that's not really our focus that okay i gotta ask there is some weird connection between the brewery world and the metal world yeah there are so many brewers so many breweries that have this yeah a lot of the imagery with like heavy metal and i don't labeling and imagery is there's a lot of crossover there i don't understand what the connection is i don't know Oh, I mean, we don't really focus too much on that, but you know, if we are. Out there can get to the bottom metal, of it. I mean, I do listen to. <laughs> <laughs> if I need to focus on something, I do yeah. a lot of spreadsheets. So if I need to focus yeah. on a spreadsheet, I definitely will listen to metal, like Pig Destroyer or something. Will get me through a tough spreadsheet. <laughs> Help me focus. Yeah, see that that is the unglamorous life of somebody who runs restaurants. Yeah. Is your life is very much spreadsheet yeah, oriented. Spreadsheets, schedules. No, not no. not the fun stuff. No. So, I'm, I want to get a little bit into your background here for sure. uh, those listeners that don't know you that well. Uh, you didn't start in the brewery world. You got your start at Georgetown University mm-hmm. uh, studying medicine. Well, I was uh, I graduated from Georgetown with my undergrad in history in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I actually went back to Georgetown to um, get the credits I needed for med school. So it was a post-bac pre-med program is what they called it. Mm-hmm. And um, that was for two years. And during that time, I started working at Pizzeria Paradiso in Georgetown. I had really... Uh, developed kind of as an outside interest, um, you know, uh, you know, a passion for craft beer. And so, you know, spending really a lot of my free time, you know, searching out beers, reading about beers. And so this was back in 2003. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, it was during that time that I said, you know, came to the conclusion that I would probably make a pretty terrible doctor. (laughs) Um, And I had mentioned to my mother that, um, you know, maybe when I retire one day, I'd open my own brewery. And she said, well, if that's your end goal, why don't you just do that now? Smart lady. Yeah, smart lady. Um, so we, I, I made the decision to um, ditch the med school track. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I really enjoyed working at Pizzeria Paradiso. I enjoyed the hospitality industry. They're fantastic. Yeah. It's, it, it's such an amazing, amazing company. Um, and so I really devoted myself to working in that industry and thinking that maybe opening a brew pub, you know, a brewery and restaurant combined would be a great way to introduce a a brand. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just needed to get as much experience as I possibly could. So, uh, 10 years later, you know, I, uh, in 
um, it was in 2013 um, that we opened the the brew pub. So it was about 10 years. Yeah, quite know, a journey. Working in the industry, um, you know, lots of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to know really, really fantastic people. Um, and that were a tremendous resource for me when um, I quit my job in 2011 to write the business plan and raise the money for the brew pub. Nice. Well, we were, we're going to take a little uh, break here, um, and we will be right back uh, with Thor from Right Proper. Super quick break here. This is a song by a producer named Malachi, independent musician here. The track is called Imagination. We'll be right back on Beer Me. Welcome back to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, recording live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan. We are sitting down with uh, Thor Cheston from Right Proper uh, Brewing Company, and we we're just kind of talking about you know your background, kind of your journey into you know opening up uh, both. Uh, properties in DC, opening up a brewery, what that process was like. Uh, and you kind of had 10 years of getting experience and working at different, uh, different, you know, parts of the brewing world. Uh, in the process though, I read that you were knighted. <laughs> I was. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, uh, Belgian beer has really been a big focus, uh, for, um, for me for since, since the beginning. And so um, whenever I got the chance to work with a restaurant a restaurant group and uh, develop a beer program, I, the main focus for me was the beers coming from Belgium. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I, I had numerous opportunities to travel to Belgium, and I met some just absolutely wonderful people over there, um, including importers and, and brewery owners. Um, and in 2009, they nominated me to be inducted into the knighthood of the Brewers MASH staff. Uh, which is part of uh, what is uh, really the oldest um, professional guild um, in the world, the Belgian Brewers Guild. Wow. And they have a building um, that is right in the Grand Place in Brussels, which is absolutely one of the most breathtakingly beautiful buildings in the world. And it's really dedicated to the history of, of brewing in in Belgium. And um, so that was, uh, I was inducted in... Um, 2009 and it was September of 2009 it was very very special it was it was very special to be nominated and then to be voted in was a a real honor and uh it's that that the day that I was inducted is still one of the best days of my life it was a lot of fun that's amazing yeah did they give you like a got a medal you got a medal yeah that's exciting and and a really nice you know very ornate you know, certificate that's framed now in my house. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I've been back a couple times um, since I've been knighted. And every time I go, I contact the Brewers Guild and they mm-hmm. are just the most warm, welcoming people in the world. And you let them know that uh, you are uh, one, you're part of the knighthood and just all the doors open, you know, yeah. and it's just, it's, it turns into a wonderful experience each time. As an aside for all of our listeners, if you have the opportunity to go to Belgium, whether you are a fan of beer or not, it is stunning, 
magical, happy country full of the sweetest people yeah. and the greatest food. So, you know, just book your tickets and go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The country is the size of Maryland. Yeah. Our state of Maryland. And, you know, I think they have like 800 or 900 breweries now in operation. So it's just really phenomenal. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's stunning. Yeah. So just, just go to Belgium. Do go yourself Belgium. a favor. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about, uh, again, uh, the beer that you've started to distribute out to, you know, DC, mm-hmm. Virginia, Maryland, uh, a little bit in New York, uh, with packaging that can kind of be a nightmare, um, as far as design goes and right proper has a really cool design aesthetic. If any of you have been to the property in Shaw or Brooklyn, you guys have these massive, amazing murals. Mm-hmm of uh, animals kind of taking over the world. Um, and I feel like that kind of fun and whimsy is yes, translated yes. on the cans and bottles. What, what's, yeah. tell Whim- me all about whimsy, this. Whimsy is in our mission statement. Oh, really? Yes, yes. <laughs> we are required to be whimsical at all times. Nice. I'm serious. Um, so, yeah, the design aspect is very, very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the design of the brew pub is, um, uh, you know, has putting that all together um you know that was really supposed to that final design of the brew pub was then supposed to dictate our design motif moving forward and so um everything about right there's always two sides to write proper so if you walk into the brew pub all you see is gray walls mm-hmm. with a few with three main kind of focal points of you know big pieces of art um and but then as you if you walk back and turn around all you see is color so all the walls that are north facing um, are gray mm-hmm. and all the walls that are south facing are um, bright red with a bright stencil on it and so there's always just you know always two sides you're always seeing two sides and you know that as I said is is how we view everything that we do and so including our, our beer and our fermentation program so the two sides to write proper the clean fermentation and the mixed kind of dirty quote unquote I'm using air quotes now fermentation <laughs> And that goes into our package design as well. So all of our um, uh, brewer's yeast beers um, are going into cans with Mm -hmm. very, very kind of clear, bright, um, almost like superhero designs that are meant by superhero. I mean, you should be able to recognize our can from across the room. Say, oh, that's a right proper beer. Um, Whereas our the mixed fermentation uh, beers, our fooder beers, they're going not in cans, they're going into bottles. Those bottles are bottle conditioned. The beers take very long to make and the labels on them have really beautiful artwork. There's a common template, but there's beautiful artwork, uh, ornate artwork on each one. Um, who's doing your artwork? So we have a number of different artists. We, for our cans, we work with general design company. They're Mm -hmm. just a wonderful, um, DC-based um, branding company that we really enjoy working with. Um, we work with for our um, labels for our uh, food or beers. We're working with an artist named Andy Sides, um, and we'll pull in. He's done original artwork for us. Um, we've also worked with Douglas Raber, who is an artist working out of Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done a um, label artwork for us. Um, so we're always kind of looking for pretty, you know, looking for pretty things to incorporate into the right proper template. Yeah. Templates. And who did who did your murals again in the in both? So um, my brother-in-law Nico Amortiki, mm-hmm. aka Malo Arte, mm-hmm. um, he did two murals for us at Shaw and one at Brookland. Very huge, colorful extravaganzas. Yeah. Um, he did one on the last and it, the our brew pub location, our the Shaw Brew Pub. 
Um, it was many things over the years. It dates back, the original building dates back um, a very long time. It's the most famous um, uh, um, previous iteration of it. I'm, why am I struggling for words here? It's okay, but, it's, it's um, it Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, um, it, it was at one point a, a business called Frank Holiday's Pool Hall mm-hmm. um, that was mentioned by name um, by Duke Ellington in his autobiography. Wow. as a place where he used to hang out when he was a teenager. We were able to identify the last remaining wall of what once was Frank Holiday's pool hall, and we asked Nico to do a mural on there, you know, really commemorating the history of that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just absolutely phenomenal. He also did a huge piece that was really kind of based around us and who we are and brewing. That's all the way in the back. Um, and then we also have another artist, Patrick Owens, who um, I like to say any... Any chalkboard in a business that's not a, that's not a Whole Foods, you know, is probably done by Patrick Owens in the city. <laughs> you know, he's a very prolific artist and does a lot of chalk art. Um, and he did two pieces with us: one with chalk marker and one with um, acrylic pen. Um, he did a very large piece at our brew pub, which is just um, uh, DC animals and animals indigenous to this area or animals from the zoo, mm-hmm. just having in this big battle royale and destroying the city. And then we also asked him to extend the animal theme and do a big mural at our uh, production brewery. And that tells the story of animals taking over the world, killing all the humans, sometimes in very gory ways. I know. Yeah. (laughs) We warn people. There's a lot of kids that come to the brewery, and we always like to warn the parents. There's a little bit of gore in in our art. Yeah. Just, just, just. There's a naked guy, too. Um, oh, with the deer. There's two deers there's driving. Two deers driving. And there's a naked guy there's, in the headlight. Like, and he's scared. eating an apple. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so it tells the story of animals taking over the world, killing all the humans, and then adapting to to uh, to our life and learning how to do human stuff. And the last scene is animals looking at us mm-hmm. in a human zoo. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. We don't take ourselves too seriously. There's also a piano in the bathroom. I don't know if you no, I didn't check that out. You can go to the bathroom and play the piano while you poop. Nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what, a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> so I was actually at uh, the Brooklyn facility last night. Oh, um, good. The For DC, the DC Home Brewers. Yeah, the yeah. DC Home Brewers mm-hmm. Club. Um, I am, I, I'm unfortunate, I'm not a member, oh, but man. I got invited, oh, great. which was really cool. They were having their 10-year anniversary, and... They were, I mean, this is what I love about beer, is that they're the most welcoming group of people, you know? It's one of those experiences oh, where it's yeah. like, you like beer? I like beer. Yeah. Let's be friends. Yeah. And it was just so cool to yeah. see all these different people, so many different people, yeah. kind of come together over this, like, shared, exciting yeah. passion. And it yeah. was such a, you know... It, it, and the name of the beer is because we brewed yeah. a beer with the DC Home Brewers for their 10th anniversary, a Dry Hop Berlin or Vice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had some. And uh, we, uh, Nathan, uh, we came up with the name Harmonium, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is just perfect. Yeah. Because there is a harmony, you know, with all the homebrewers working together and collaborating together. You know, it's a lot of fun. And it was like, it was a beautiful scene. It was like beer is, is coming back to kind of its former glory where, you know, you looked around, there were kids, there were parents, there were grandparents there were people from all different backgrounds all different races like everyone's hanging out there's smiles on everyone's face it was like it was like this very idyllic you know scene but i mean it was all because of beer yeah yeah it was this weekend it was i was uh kind of caught off guard i was in um i was at target Mm -hmm. or going to target on 14th street and i was in the elevator going up and i was rushing in to buy socks for my daughter like okay. 
And so I wasn't, that's where my brain was. And this guy in the elevator said, are you, you know, are you one of the owners of Right Proper? And I said, looked up and said, yes, I am. And he was just so excited to meet me. And he, you know, he was there for, for he was part of DC Home Brewers. And he had oh, participated nice. in the brewing process. He had even helped us label some of our beers. Like, he was so nice. And it just put me in such a good mood. So I absolutely agree with you. It's, it's a, it is a wonderful community. Yeah. Yeah. See, beer's good for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking a little bit um, before we started about kind of the beer scene in DC, how mm-hmm. it's grown and how oh, it's... Yeah morphed and it's like it's it's crazy from you know what it used to be and you were here you saw it all you know kind of change and you know what was that like yeah um i worked with ruth gresser um back in 2006 to develop um uh beeria paradiso so the craft beer bar underneath pizzeria paradiso which they just recently uh, converted into a game room i think that's really cool you can go there and play ski ball and stuff nice um and that was really that was really great um i was able to um you know i really had carte blanche to develop you know a, a beer program you know uh, uh like a curated beer program from the mm-hmm. ground up um and since so it was really beer paradiso and you know pizza paradiso and the brick Skeller. you know they you know uh, another great place for um to get beer back then um Oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on the name. On 18th Street, we used to drink on the rooftop. They would have Deconic. Oh my God, why am I blanking on the name? I don't know, it'll come to me in a second. Um, and soon afterwards, Greg Engert opened Rustico. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Coleman was doing great things at the Big Hunt. Um, but since then, it's really just, you know, now it's, you can't, you, you can go to any restaurant and they have just amazing beer. You know, I was driving by a, um, you know, just a tiny little Chinese restaurant, and they had a DC Brow um, neon sign. And, yeah. You know, and it's that's like that's so awesome that you know those are my friends, and they developed something, you know, uh, which is now an indicator of craft and quality. Mm-hmm. You know, that a restaurant, you know, no matter what type of restaurant, can put up and say, "Hey, this is an indicator that we care about craft and we care about quality." Um, I just it's just so awesome yeah. it's really awesome the DC beer scene is is just really exciting and you know we have access to all this amazing amazing beer even locally we, mm-hmm. you know and you can also direct import if you're working um, mm-hmm. if you're working as a buyer in DC so um, and you know have to hand it to um, to Abra and uh, and also Fred Musali the, the the director of Abra here in DC he has really um, allowed for um, a lot of versatility for um, not just craft breweries, but all restaurants and bars that are purchasing craft beer you mm-hmm. know, to, to act as their own importer, act as their own distributor, and bring in products that aren't, aren't available with the distributors that are active here. Um, and so what happens is that, you know, the, there's such an incredible diversity of beers that are available all throughout the city, and it really is a unique place to drink beer. Yeah. Um, it's a really special place, you know. Well, thank you so much for coming in and, uh, you know, talking with us in the studio. Uh, This has been Beer Me uh, on Full Service Radio, recording live from the Lion Hotel in Washington, D.C. We record live every Monday at 11 a.m. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you again next week.
Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.